You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to Episode 84, How to Recruit, Rejuvenate, and Retain Youth Volunteers. Well, this is certainly an important topic uh, that could be addressed with a multitude of different episodes, uh, but we pack all of these into one fantastic conversation with today's guest, Charlie Condor. Uh, many of you know Charlie. She works with Orange and Youth Cartel. She's an amazing speaker and author and a youth ministry veteran with a lot of years in the trenches, and we talk about how to treat your volunteers well, uh, to rejuvenate their desire to plug into ministry and invest in teenagers, and how to retain them and be a great leader for them. So let's hop into this conversation with Charlie. Charlie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for making time. Uh, I'm really glad for you to hop on. Can you tell most people watching and listening should know who you are, but for those who might not, can you give us a little intro? My name is Charlie Condor, and I have been serving in the United Methodist Church for 18 full-time years. Um, I did a couple of, you know, those volunteer youth pastor years um, in the last couple of years as COVID hit and youth pastors left. Mm. And so at my church, I was able to step into that. Um, prior to being in student ministry, I was a deaf and hard of hearing teacher. And so I spent a lot of years in a middle school classroom teaching deaf and hard of wow. hearing students. Awesome. Yeah, And then I felt called to ministry. So um, this is my 25th year of working with students and wow. I'm super pumped about it. I love that. I love that. I'm I was pop. a little embarrassed at first that it was 25 <laughs> years, but I'm okay with it's it. It's good. Wear that. Yeah. Wear that. 25 years is awesome. I love it. I love it. Uh, I hope a lot more people in a few more years can be saying those kind of figures. Um, Offline, we were just talking about National Network of Youth Ministries and Mm -hmm. other groups that are wanting to keep people in ministry longer and keep them healthier. So I love that. Yeah. I think um, I spent 15 years at the same church. And there's something with that longevity in the history that made ministry um, just a really holy place for me. Mm. Um, and it, I was really blessed. Um, I stayed there for most of like my daughter's life. And so that was kind of good and bad. If you have kids in your own student ministry that we could, that's a whole podcast, Jeff. Yes, it Pastoring is. Pastoring your own kids. Um, yeah. But I mean, she's 24 and survived. So we're okay. Um but yeah, I think longevity in ministry is really important, especially mm-hmm. the consistency. However, um, every day I have friends leaving the ministry every day. Mm-hmm. And that's been really hard. Um, I've seen that so much in the last two years. So yeah, so have I. I've seen far too much of it. And I think it's mm-hmm. a combination of COVID and also just unhealthy practices that hit their breaking point during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And can we just talk like budgets? I mean, the world is super expensive. Mm. And when the world is expensive, I believe that like the tithing often decreases in churches because, 
well, feeding your family and keeping the lights on is a priority, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, and there's no data for this, but I do think in the next couple of years, we're just going to see lots more volunteer led ministries and bivocational folks. So keeping a healthy rhythm, especially when you have two jobs and this is your passion, like how do you stay in the game longer? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think we're the, for a long time, we've been the lone holdout and actually getting paid to do what we do. You know, most Mm -hmm. of the people in the world who do, especially youth ministry are bivocational or volunteer. So I'm just glad that I get paid to do what, what, what I do. Um, even though my job now is a little bit different, it's more supervisory than it is being boots on the ground. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, no, you're totally right. You're totally right. Um, so speaking of volunteers, uh, talking today, uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, how to retain your youth volunteers and rejuvenate them for ministry. Um, obviously the majority of, uh, ministry overall, but especially youth ministry would not be possible without volunteers. Um, so Charlie, let's start with your 25 years of experience, right? You've worked with a lot of volunteers, been a volunteer. Um, what I'm currently a volunteer, currently a volunteer. What have you seen? Yeah, my youth group's got like four kids right now. Okay. I've, I've been there. Four kids. I've, I've been there. Uh, It's been a minute since I've been there, but it's interesting to do that again. Yeah. It definitely Um, makes you rethink a lot of things. It does. Mm -hmm. Because so the church I was at for 15 years, we grew this ministry, this middle school ministry to like over 250, 275 kids. But the church as a whole worshiped like 400 people. Wow. So it took the entire body of the church, the whole congregation to, we, they had to be activated to make the ministry happen because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's a lot of kids and a lot of chaos that we, yeah. right. But I feel like, um, the mission field showed up in our parking lot and in our church and our church was always so wonderful and faithful to give money and support all these missionaries around the world. But I was like, friends, this is it. Like this Mm -hmm. is the mission field. And so Mm -hmm. it was really activating an entire church. And I think when people think of stellar volunteers, it's someone in their twenties, someone 30 that they could be relatable. My best volunteers are 60 and older. Um, My church is full of them. Uh, My church is full of people that are 60 and older and they just know how to love well. They know how to be consistent they know um, the importance of being there. Whereas I found uh, the 20-somethings to be the worst volunteers. And I say this nicely um, because they're busy. Like, like my daughter has such a heart to serve, but in college, she couldn't be a consistent small group leader because, well, college and life. Um, and so the best volunteers for me are the older generation but every church has them and it's reactivating them into their faith to give back to students. Because I think there's this idea that, well, I've already did my time quote unquote. Yeah, right. 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 But no, um, when I left the church of 15 years and I still have the letters of people who thanked me for finding value in them again, yeah. um, particularly, uh, miss Linda, who I love and talk about, um, the letter she wrote me, um, it moves me. It's very emotional because she was like, I was just sitting in a pew and writing a check. 
And she's like, but you invited me into something greater than that. And I think, mm, I don't know. I think that it's important that it's so much more than just sitting there. Like God is doing amazing things in our student ministries globally, right? It is, it is the greatest thing. Why wouldn't everybody want to be a part of it? That's always kind of my mindset. Like, why wouldn't you want to be a part of it? Yeah. So, uh, I had a senior pastor who told me one time that I was going to have a waiting list of people who wanted to serve. And I thought he was full of it, Jeff. Like, seriously, I was like, he is off his rocker. He has lost touch. (laughs) Right. I'm like, he doesn't know how hard this is. And he was right. At the end of the day, I ended up having a waiting list of people who wanted to be involved that I didn't have roles for because they were full. Wow, man. So many churches would give a lot to have that. That's incredible. I love but that. that culture, when, when I say that people are like, it'll never happen. The problem is it's developing a culture of healthy volunteers in your church. And that doesn't happen in one or two years. Sometimes it right. takes five years, but that's mm-hmm. the thing. You as a youth leader staying in the same place for a longer amount of time, you actually get to see the fruit of that, right? Because a shift in culture can take up to five plus years. Mm -hmm. No, that's totally true. Like I think minimum three years. Um, Like Mm -hmm. I remember in one spot I landed, um, it, uh, the, the, the first year was incredibly rough. Um, And several people I talked to said, Hey, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. And they were right. And it just took a certain amount of time, certain amount of students uh, graduating who didn't like that. I wasn't the last person. And, um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, and it was a night and day difference. So yeah, yeah, being able to, to build a culture, I think people, and rightly so, I think the, the week to week, the Sunday is always coming. Uh, reality of people trying to keep up with the hectic uh busyness and that's totally a thing but i think doing the hard work Mm -hmm. of building that culture to get where you have a waiting list where you have a structure where you know that if you're sick for a few weeks that things can run well without you that takes a lot of time and a lot of effort but kind of different different effort also you got to check your ego at the door right absolutely Um, I had an emergency kidney situation and I was gone. And so for like four weeks I was gone Um, and I had had no time to prep anything. Um, And I asked one of my coworkers, how's it going? And he was like, nobody even knows you're gone. It's totally fine. And I was like, Ooh, you mean those 270 kids and all the leaders, like they don't need me. So some of that is also ego because you need to build a ministry that will outlast you. Yeah, um, absolutely. And and that's important. And knowing how to build a ministry that will outlast you is important. Yeah. Um, and I spend a lot of time coaching now. Uh, I get to coach for a couple organizations and being a ministry coach and has been really eye-opening to me that even though people go to seminary and they do all these things, learning how to set up systems and structures is not something everybody knows how to do. Yep. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. We, we, we need each other and we need mm-hmm. uh boots on the ground experience. There are like, there are several volunteers who could school some seminary graduates on practical oh. youth ministry. Um, yes. And it's good for those 
uh, seminary students and people who have the titles to be able to uh, always walk forward in humility and wisdom because mm-hmm. you're going to learn so much from people that you might not think have the right perspective or knowledge to be able to do things. But yeah, as as great as the theological education is, um, there is a lot that seminaries don't teach you when it comes to practical ministry, which some of it isn't their role to. Some of it isn't capable because you right. have to just be in ministry and have the experience to get that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And being a learner matters, right? Yep. And having that gene inside of you that's like, hey, I'm willing to learn anything because I feel like God has called me to this. So help me and equip me, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So, All right, so can we talk practical things? Because let's, let's I, talk practical. Let's I talk love practical. Being practical. Yeah. I listen, I hate going to conferences and you spend all this money to go and it's all this ideology, but none of it is actionable steps. Yeah. Um, I'm an Same. eight on the Enneagram. Okay. Okay. And so I am all about how can I make this work in my real life ministry? Mm-hmm. Um, which going from 200 and some kids to a church that has like four kids, um, it's stretching me a little bit again, right? Because Mm -hmm. what you know to work doesn't always work. And I think a lot of churches post kind of coming out of COVID, if you will, I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's really the language. Um, I think it still is. Yeah. Yeah. It's seeing a decrease in students and Mm -hmm. a decrease in volunteers, right? Mm -hmm. So um, practical ways. One, can we talk about recruitment first? Let's do that. Okay. If you don't have a job description for every role in your ministry. I think that's a huge miss. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I first started in ministry, I had actually never been to youth group. I didn't grow up in church, um, but I felt called to ministry. I just had classroom experience and it was like a mayday moment. And I invited my husband, Eric, to come and serve. My husband is a software engineer and he loves a spreadsheet. That's not my love language, but that's his. And he got so frustrated. He was like, what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, just hang out. He doesn't know how to hang out, right? He needed a (laughs) step-by-step guide on how to hang out. And what I found is that he's not the anomaly. People want to know what they're being invited into, what the expectation is, what the time restraint is. Mm -hmm. And that goes from your pizza passer outer all the way to your small group leaders who are pastoring the kids in that intimate circle, right? Mm -hmm. So write a job description, like write it down. So then when you're sitting across from a leader and you should always sit one-to-one and you're inviting them into this role, you can just slide that across the table. Well, here's the job description. Here's the expectations. Here's the time constraints. Like here's all the things so that the ask is so clear that people don't have questions what you want from them. Yeah. A high capacity volunteer does not want to come babysit and come hang out. A high capacity volunteer wants to have purpose, Mm -hmm. right? And so giving them the reality of what you're asking of them is what has to happen. People always Mm -hmm. make fun of me. They're like, how do you invite people in to be a small group leader? I always, three years for middle school, five years for high school. The reason we do five years is the extra year is for college. Um, We want you to spend a year and that's, you may not be there with them, but I want you to write them a card. I want you to call them because as a mom of a kid who went to college, who had been so ingrained in her small group, college was so hard for her because all that instant community was gone. Right. Mm -hmm. So they need an adult who knows them to still pour into them. Yeah. 
everyone's like, how do you make that ask? The ask is easy because once you are pastoring and involved in the life of a student, you don't want to just leave them, right? Mm -hmm. Like that first year is pivotal. So during that first year, the recruitment is big, but then can we talk retention? Yes. Right. Because if I'm asking for three years and five years, like how am I retaining them? And the keys to that is um, training. Because mm-hmm. again, I said I love the 60 plus, but this has been a hot minute since they sat in a circle with a sixth grader. So I need to train them on what a sixth grader looks like today, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Whether that's sitting and watching TikTok for 30 minutes, because that's a window right directly into culture, um, teaching them developmentally where students are, where they are physically, emotionally. Um, and so training your team is huge. The other thing is, is that we got to celebrate them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I said I'm an eight on the Enneagram, but listen, I have a really high seven. So I love fun and I love to bring the fun. And so one year for Christmas, um, I got really beautiful pieces of cake and hand delivered cake to 47 small group leaders. And I did that for a couple of reasons. One, because they take the cake. I always come up with corny things, right? <laughs> But, and I wanted to, but the other thing is, is that when you hand deliver something around Christmas time, people love to invite you in to see their Christmas decor to, you know, to be a part of their life. And when you can step into like someone else's context, it means so much to them. Right. And Mm -hmm. so showing up at their house and loving on them and being, and seeing their life is huge, but there's also some other ways that you can celebrate your volunteers in simple ways. But I believe inviting people into my own home has always been the key. Um, I lived in an apartment on the third floor and I used to pay for my neighbors on the second floor to go out to dinner because I would invite 20 plus people over as my ministry was growing, right? So I would invite all 20 small group leaders, come to my house, like invite them in. And as we grew, I had to move to other people's homes. Um, But sharing a meal around the table and showing people your life and that you want to do life with them is huge. Also, if you build this really cool volunteer culture, it becomes their own small group, Yeah, right? Those adults can begin to do life together. They begin to share stories. They begin to share about their personal lives. They pray for one another. Mm -hmm. And you and I both know when you pray for someone, it's not how, it doesn't change how God sees them, but it sure changes how you see them. Yeah. And so as leaders begin to do life together, they didn't want to give up that small group. Yeah. No, I totally hear that. And I think I think that's the part just like um like when you're able to try and tell someone when you start teaching you're going to start learning and the way that you learn is going to be very different. Like when like when we're telling students, "Hey, come help out at this sports camp or VBS or mission trip." And how many of you love basketball or dancing, hip hop or ballet or whatever? Okay, you, when you teach kids that, you have to go back and think, what was it like when I didn't know how to dribble with both hands? What was it like when I couldn't make this one move? And you have to go back in your mind and think about that and kind of relearn, but you're relearning from the perspective of the one who's teaching. Mm-hmm. And so you're paying more attention to the content. You're paying more attention to the style and the needs of whoever's learning and it gives you a better appreciation, and especially when yeah. it's based on scripture, like your immersion in scripture is different 
And even if it's a passage that you've read a hundred times, you're going to see something fresh and new because of your season of life, your experience, how God has worked Mm -hmm. with you and where he's placed you. And it's just a fun experience of like being in it with the kids, but you're in a sense of community that's not like when you were a kid, but you're able to run adjacent with them, coinciding with wherever God is taking you based on the location and vision of your church and ministry. And it's it's a blast. Right. So why wouldn't you have a waiting list of people? Because it's the best place to be, right? Hanging out with students truly to me is experiencing God fresh again. Every Mm -hmm. time you sit with them and they, you hear their story and how God is moving in their life. I don't know. Volunteers should be easy because really, I mean, if we really believed it was the best thing going, it should be an easy ask. Um, But we all know people are tired and busy. And so sometimes you have to get around that. Yeah, no, that's totally true. Um, So what are, um, what are the good boundaries and practices that we should have as leaders encouraging the volunteers and having for them as they volunteer? What's that good structure for us to help them maintain? Like, how can we care for them? Yep. What can we have in place for them? So I think you need to, one, um, do some spiritual learning with your team, right? Okay. Yep. Not just training them to be small group leaders, but also like Lent is coming up, I would always do a Lent study with my volunteers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And before we would Zoom, we would meet for tacos or we would meet after church. But Mm -hmm. having that community is so important. The other thing is, is when are you giving them a break? Like what does their time off look like? Mm -hmm. So um, we had different tiers of volunteers. Um, Your small group leader is the pastor of those students. And so that ask is from the beginning of the school year until the end of the school year. And then they could have the summer off. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, if they wanted to come to camp, that was a bonus. And we love that. And some do. But you need to be able to give time off. Also, the entire month of December, we don't meet for small groups. So all those leaders have time to give back and to love their families. Um, The other thing is buy them a meal. Like buy their family a meal. If you go on a retreat or you know it's a busy night, there are some ladies in your church or men that can make a Christian casserole and that you could give that to your leaders. That is such a gift, right? Mm -hmm. And it feels like something that's so small, but these little things are ways that you can care for your leaders. Yeah, no, absolutely. Those are really good things to keep in mind. And I think um, when it comes to spiritual learning, like mm-hmm. when you when you can place yourself in their seats along with them, not always as the here's what I have to teach you, but here's mm-hmm. what we have to learn together. Yep. Um, it's gonna it's always gonna make you a better leader, you know, because yep. rather, you know, whether it's Marco, whether it's Reggie, whether it's whoever else we've heard talk about leadership with youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you have a leader who stops asking questions, you know, you might have, you'll probably have someone who will quickly become an unhealthy leader and you need to be in a place where you're always asking what's more, not just for the sake of leading others, but so you can learn yourself and also learn from those who you're leading. Um, because, you know, they're going to have different life experience than you, different perspectives Mm -hmm. than you. And as you just brought up, several times with a small group leader, they're going to oftentimes, depending on, on the size of your ministry, 
know the students better than you, certain yes. certain students. Yeah. And so, you know, whether you've been in a role for one year or 15 years, like you, you, you never have a cap on what you have to learn about students or for students and yep. with leaders. And so it's a place that keeps you humble and also exciting because you're like, Hey, I still have more to learn, you know, you know, yes. in, in, in uh, some ways, maybe I'm just getting started. And for the volunteer who's 60 and hasn't done it for a while, that's a new beginning for them. But if you approach each school year as a new beginning for you, mm -hmm. um, it's going to keep you healthy and strong as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also a lot of people um, with their volunteers, they may not be attending a worship service, right? Yes. Because they may be serving. That's so you, deal. yeah, but you leading a spiritual time of learning for your leaders shows how much value that means to you and your ministry. Because mm -hmm. if you're, you and I both know this being a ministry, wow, if you're always working for God, the being with God gets put as to the side. And yep. man, that's when, that's when everything runs off the rails, right? Mm -hmm. We have to be connected to God. We have to be in prayer. We have to be in the word and showing that importance to your volunteer team. Mm, chef's kiss. I mean, yeah. that's like the best thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That has to be a, a regular part of it. And mm -hmm. I think finding any way possible, whether it's a volunteer break or something to get them to the church service as well is really huge. And um, I know one one thing that I'm currently thinking through is how to have volunteer break Sundays for those in children's ministry. Yeah. Um, because you know whether it's children or students, uh, every church knows that those uh, that handful of volunteers who are every week volunteers are so meaningful and great for your ministry, but also they have lives of their own and they need to be able to have certain breaks and, you know, so what not, if we were intentional yeah. about developing a second string, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, so here's 20 people that you've trained who are ready to jump in mm -hmm. um, at a moment's notice. It's like yeah. having a substitute teacher list when yes. you're teaching school. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I think that's an area that most leaders miss right? Yeah. They're so busy on getting and training the volunteers that they have that training the second string doesn't even come to mind. Yeah. And so, wow, what, I mean, that's just such a great idea is to train that 20 other people to be able to step in at a moment's notice. Yeah. I love what you said about having leaders in different tiers, um, whether it's the summer yeah. leaders or the camp leaders or the school year, small mm -hmm. group leaders. Um, that's, that's really important. Um, you yeah, have, really I always important. run events. And so that's a whole different set of volunteers. Event volunteers look so different than the small group leader or the greeters or the pastor, pizza passer outers or whatever food you serve. It's not always pizza, but I just like the word pizza, pizza it's passer outer. youth group. Yeah. It's, it's totally youth group. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Charlie, this has been so much fun. Thank you for hopping on the podcast. Uh, where can people connect with you online and tell us about, uh, some stuff that you're working on either with youth sure. cartel or with orange. Yeah. Um, I'm really easy to find, uh, charliecondor.com. Okay. Um, you there can you reach me through my website or if you want to email me at charlie at thinkorange.com and you want to talk volunteers. Um, I'm happy to do that because I'm a full-time ministry coach. I get to coach, um, through the youth cartel and lead cohorts. So I get to work with youth workers all the time. And so I love to have these conversations. I love to brainstorm. Um, 
And also at Orange, I am an Orange student specialist, which just means um, I get to hang out with youth workers and coach them as well. And so in both areas of my life, I am here to help you be here longer, um, to help you stay in the game, help you to lead volunteers and how to develop parent strategies. And so if you want to chat, just look me up. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I'll Easy. put a hyperlink uh, to your website in the show notes and the great. description. And um, yeah, say say hi to Shane and Ashley and Esther and all my orange buddies I over will. there. Um, and I still have to get Marco on here. So you can put a bug in his ear that I want him. I will tell podcast. him. He would, That'd be I'm awesome. sure he would love to. Yeah. He's got his five minutes with Marco, but I... That's right. That's right. He does have Yeah, that. but yeah. I'm sure he would love to jump in and have some conversations. That'd be great. That would be cool. Well, Charlie, th- thank you again and uh, you keep, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks so much, Jeff. I appreciate it. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again to Charlie for joining us. You can find the link to her website in the show notes. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. And be sure to check out our website, youthministrymaverick.com. There, you can see a comprehensive list of our guests, their bio information, some organizations that can help you in your ministry, some articles I've published, and a store to help support the podcast. Also, we would love if you give us a review on Apple Podcasts, not just a rating, but a review. It helps our visibility, and we would really appreciate that. If you do leave us a review, take a screenshot of it and send it to me, and I will personally mail you a thank you card with some podcast swag that you can't get on the store. Well, that does it for today. Thanks again for listening. Please share this if it helps others that you know, and we hope that you've been encouraged by it. Until next time, adios.